Morning, guys, and welcome to episode 75 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. A uh, big shout out to everybody that's shown their support for the podcast. Um, thank you very much. All the uh, all the likes that we're getting on YouTube, all the reviews that we're getting on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically all over the place. So today we're going to be talking with Richard Hammond. I call this Richard Squared because, uh, of course, the two Richards. Uh, he's the head architect and sustainability expert for the Inverse Project here in Costa Rica. Richard and, and his wife, Daniela, and their team for focus on sustainable architecture and design here in Costa Rica. Uh, and Richard is a true artist and focuses intensely on basically his clients' kind of dreams and goals while taking into consideration the location where it's going to build, uh, be built, the climate where it's going to be built, um, and I think you'll see when you look at some of his stuff that every single one of his projects is an art piece, absolutely beautiful. It's amazing the detail and time that he takes, really making sure that the client is happy. Um, remember, if you have any uh, questions for us or would like any help with anything, you can contact us, info at investingcostarica.com. Quite a few of you are contacting us on the podcast to help you uh, and guide you in investments here. We're actually doing a few due diligence stuff on some projects here as well, uh, which are getting started just to make sure that the I's have been dotted and the T's have been crossed uh, by those projects so that it's a safe investment uh, for anyone looking to invest, as well as guiding a lot of people uh, closing on land and finding what it is uh, that they're looking for here in Costa Rica. Remember, you can contact us, info at investingcostarica.com. So let's just get straight into it. Good morning, Richard. How are you doing? I'm good. And you, Richard? Very, very good. This is going to fat sound weird, just Richarding backwards and forwards. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, but let's just jump straight into it here, Richard. Um, I mean, I know that we talked, wow, it was probably, what, nearly a year ago? It was, uh, I think, the beginning of last year. Wow. So, I mean, during that time, I mean, do, have you seen the market speed up, slow down? Are there any cha like any changes, trends or demands from like your point of view that you're seeing? Well, definitely been, uh, things have definitely heated up a lot. When we last spoke, there was uh, you know a lot of a lot more uncertainty, I'd say. Um, and then I guess towards the end of last year, things there was there was a promise of things happening, and then this year it's really just sort of started to arrive, and uh, you know the projects have become more real and uh, more commitment. So definitely, things have got uh, kind of exciting, actually. I mean, what about from a trend point of view? I mean, are you seeing anything in particular kind of trends where people are coming from? What it is they're looking to do? Those kind of things. Yeah, you know, it's um, we we definitely get uh, a lot of clients from the U.S. I think that's that's to be expected um, in Costa Rica, but you know, also people from Canada, from from the U.K. Um, uh, actually, one family interesting moving from from the states back to Costa Rica, a Costa Rican family that have chosen to return to ra to raise small kids. They've just made the choice that they think Costa Rica is the is a better op a better option for them currently. So that's an interesting. Uh, a case uh, and uh, yeah so the other thing I, th I would say is people are um, I think early on was maybe more vacation homes um, and then at some point it switched to maybe more permanent that like people are actually thinking this is a this is a permanent going to be a permanent move in fact some one of our projects switched midway and moved it switched from a holiday sort of second home to a to know you know the actual you know main um, primary residence here in Costa Rica so so that that's uh, you know another another trend. I think the other thing what we're seeing is that um, people are even during construction are thinking of of perhaps selling, which is interesting, or even before. 
So previously it was obviously a, a you know, start to finish kind of a project. Now there's, in certain cases, people are asking us for, you know, very, very high end sort of renderings, uh, architectural renderings that they could potentially use to, to market. Um, so that's, that's an interesting, I think people are think seeing property maybe not just as a home, but as an investment or a potential um, to sell. And then actually in other cases to, to reinvest in something else or, yeah. um, Often some of these projects that they're thinking of it as, as a, a starter project, and then there's a the next project that they want to move into. So there's, there's sort of a succession. It's not just one-offs. Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm seeing as well on, on my end is just a lot of people, I mean, exactly what you're saying there is some people are just building one property with the potential to then build other bits of property on it, which is easier said than done on land, of course, because when it's an agricultural piece of land, you can't exactly put two units on it very easily. So uh you know, it's usually multiple units. I have a client at the moment that bought a piece of land, but uh, it actually had three plans in it, three planos, so three things. So it was actually pretty good because they could actually put three homes on it. So they're putting their home on one and then on the other two lots, which are right next to it, you know, just building uh, two other homes. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people are looking, you know, for places to put money at the moment just because they think that the US is a little bit overheated, especially the real estate market and the stock market, you know, and looking to diversify a little bit. So I, I think... Costa Rica, there is still quite a bit of equity play there, meaning that like the price that you get in for and what you could sell at, um, you know, so I think I think we're going to continue to see a lot more of that because, again, $500,000 or even a million dollars doesn't go that far in some places in the US, but that does go quite far here in Costa Rica. Yes, and what you say about agricultural land is interesting because that is a, um, an interpretation issue of the Costa Rican law and how you, um, if you have agricultural land, Yep. And there actually are ways to do multiple structures in that case. Um, yep. And it does depend on jurisdic different jurisdictions, but there's there's sometimes ways around that. So um, I've seen some bridges. I've seen some bridges. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they're they're all. That's the great thing about Costa Rica. There's always ways around things, right? Yes and no. Sometimes um, you know I think uh, there's definitely a um, a strong set of 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 institutions that do take care of the you know the built environment. Yep. Um, I think some of the more remote towns and areas, sometimes there might be more, uh, you know, I think the interpretations vary, and uh, it, but you do need to understand each local area and, and how they operate, because it, yep. it does, there are, there are differences. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit here, just because I know that you, you and your, uh, the Inverse Project, you have a focus on sustainable architecture. For anybody listening in, I mean, how would you describe it? Um, and, you know, and what kind of things, I mean, do people do on projects to make it more sustainable? Um, yeah, I think, uh, so we do focus on sustainability um, just because I think, uh, you know, architecture and design and buildings do need to last. Um, so in definition, um, I would say an interesting definition that I've come across is, is uh, the ability to age well. Um, so if, if the project can age well, not just from a maintenance point of view, but also just from a, uh, you know, integration with, with, with the local environment, uh, just a lot of things, you know, how do you age well? How do you um, not disturb unnecessarily the environment? Um, how do you, how does a project endure long-term? Um, so I think, I think that's that's a approach sustainability. I know mean, there's a lot of um, add-ons and, and sort of features that you can put that that are so-called sustainable. But uh, fundamentally, it's about making good choices about you know what you need, and um, 
you know, very simple things like orientation. I think I spoke about this before, you know, the way a, a project faces, you know, where, where the winds come from, the rains come from, and there's different microclimates in Costa Rica. So understanding those as a starting point. And then and some of the technologies can come later, um, but th those all help to make something that's going to age well and, and endure. You know, it's all about making something that's going to last into the future. And yeah. uh, that's, I think that's the fundamental um, underlying tenet of, of sustainability. Um, yeah, and, and there's a lot of fun features that you can do that are very obviously sustainable. You know, like green roofs, um, like we we have one here and above our studio, which is we've had it now for almost five years, and it's been worked beautifully for us. And it's a great test case of a living roof, you know, grass growing on the roof, and how that can work. And often people look at that and they say, "Does that actually work? It doesn't leak." And we're like, "No, nope, done. If done right, it certainly can work, and uh, has a lot of sustainable benefits." I'm sure the sun's not beating down on your roof constantly because you've got a. You know, you've got a green roof, so it kind of insulates. Well, the sun is the sun is is helping the grass grow on the roof, um, yeah. but then also it slows down the flow of water. You know, we have very heavy rains, and the the, the soil on the roof basically slows the percolation of water. Yeah. Um, so you don't have those, that massive amount of water going into your your you know stormwater system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on my roof here, I uh, I I wanted to cover it up a little bit just because again the sun beats down on it sometimes. So I put. Um, passion fruit vines growing all over it. So I've got passion fruit outside, which keeps my kids happy. So. Oh, that's great. Out. Yeah. Edible an edible uh, garden. It's a great idea. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's just jump into alternative building materials. There's more and more people are asking me about kind of what they can use apart from concrete. You know, a lot of people are looking for an alternative style of living here in Costa Rica as well, where there's a bit more of a balance between work and life and also in harmony with nature. But for anyone that's not wanting to use traditional concrete, I mean, what options are they? And, you know, how, you know, how expensive is it to build like this? Well, I think I think all all good building, buildings are a, bit, a balance of materials, and you use them where they are most suitable. Um, so, you know, avoiding concrete altogether is is quite difficult, especially for foundations and yeah. you know the the, ba the base of the building. It's very difficult to avoid. Um, you know, in a seismic zone that we are, where there's, 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 there are earthquakes and tremors, and uh, you know, building code is quite strict on it when it comes to those issues. So, so con concrete for your foundations um, is essential. Um, but you can limit the amount of, of foundation. So, for example, rather than having huge, uh, large footings, you could have smaller footings with, with columns, you know, let's say steel columns, um, or you could have wood, uh, a wood structure. Now, wood is a very sustainable material if harvested locally, typically. Or, I mean, it can be imported, but I mean, wood is a, a material that absorbs carbon. It's a carbon negative material as opposed to steel and concrete, which are you know, there's, there's a lot of carbon emission in the production and transportation of those materials. Um, so uh, a sustainable option is wood. Now, wood has challenges because wood is, is tasty to some animals and insects. Yep. So, um, you know, well-treated wood, uh, wood that does not touch the ground is essential. Uh, you know, I see often people putting ranchos with columns in the ground and those are fine. And just you have to realize that's not a permanent solution. It might last five or 10 years, but it's not not necessarily for the long run. Um, we've had some interesting. We, we're working on a couple of projects now where we're doing uh, using materials that are um, interesting for us, and it's involving some research. So we're working with rammed earth down in the south of Costa Rica and in the Pavones area. What's rammed earth, Richard? So rammed earth is essentially a um, a form of construction that was developed um, actually, you know, in the states 
decades ago and it's, it's coming back into popularity but it's essentially taking the soil or the sand from the site yep. mixing it with it with a, a small percentage of cement not too much it's up to 10 percent and then you compact it in a form but it's a dry compaction you use a pneumatic um, hammer and you basically layer by layer you compact the soil into the site so it's a dry technique and it results in a layered uh, experience that looks very much like a sandstone. And depending on what sand you have or soil, you can get all different kinds of aesthetic um, looks. The, the problem is you need to have a low clay content. Um, so you have to have it lab tested. So we're working with labs right now, testing soil from sites to make sure that we can get the right mix. Yep. And then working with engineers that are willing to do testing because um, without testing, you, you're not actually allowed to use it until, until you prove and you do crush tests and make sure that the, that the, the rammed earth is going to be stable enough. And actually, it's, very, it's a very robust material, and you can build them as structural walls. They're quite, you do them quite wide because of the stamping techniques. So they're usually about 40 or 50 centimeters thick, which is a really beautiful wall because you have deep window overhangs, um, recesses. Another material we're getting into is hempcrete. So uh, this is another material that's been around for a long time, being used in Europe for a long time. Um, and just recently, industrialized hemp has been legalized in Costa Rica. So there's a potential of actually growing hemp in Costa Rica for this, this product. And essentially, it's taking the fibers from the hemp and then mixing it with lime. Now, lime is actually the, it's the material that, you, that concrete is made from. However, it's before it's been processed. So there's no carbon... Um, uh, that's given off in that process by taking the natural lime locally available and then the hemp which could be grown locally but you can actually use sugar cane and or uh, uh, sugar cane um uh, the part that's left after the production and also uh, rice the rice husks that are also grown in Costa Rica. you can mix that in with the lime and you create a wall panel that looks sort of like a cement or a plaster and you can put colors in it and it can be it's a it's a actually really nice looking material and it has other benefits that it absorbs moisture and does other interesting things so that's another very low carbon and interesting material that we're, we're actually working on on a couple of projects. So yeah, there's uh, Costa Rica is also attracting people that know how to use these materials because it is a sustainable place of, of some, some level of, of experimentation. Um, but we do want to make sure that, that the engineering is sound and that you know, our engineers are, are signing off on these materials. Um, uh, yeah, but I think they're, they're the great alternative sustainable options now. I agree, and I think we're going to see a uh, we're going to see more and more people looking to do kind of some you know I suppose more sustainable alternative uh, construction methods here. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of um, you know when the project's finished, you know, and and also is how that they get the approval to get all the you know because again as you mentioned that the engineers then have to do all the uh, you know do all the all the studies there to get it approved. But I mean, as long as they tick all boxes, they should get it approved. No, absolutely. And I think you do need to work with engineers that are in some, in some work more open-minded uh, yeah. because it's not traditional. So, uh, you know, it takes a little extra time, a little extra effort to get the tests done, um, do the research as necessary. Uh, we do work in, in the case of the rammed earth, we're working with a, a Canadian consult, a consultant uh, who is a world expert on this. So it's time to, some, from time to time, we need to look out, out, outside to bring in that expertise. Uh, but then we can, you know, apply that and grow it locally. So I think once we get the first one's done, then it starts to, you know, snowball into future projects. What 
elements do you think that people should bear in mind when developing in the Southern Pacific compared to the Northern Pacific? I mean, a lot of people are building at the moment just because there aren't, you know, there's a lack of supply. So they're looking at land and also kind of building here. But I mean, what things do you think that they should just bear in mind? There's certainly a lot of things that are similar and uh, are the same, you know, so example, I mean, dealing with humidity and, uh, you know, um, quite, you know, a lot of sunshine and, yep. and uh, you know, I think both places you're going to have deep overhangs and corrosion resistant materials as much as possible. In terms of differences, I think, well, in the north, you have more wind uh, for a couple of, you know, two, three months, you've got quite a windy uh, time, whereas in the south, the winds are actually more protected by the, by the mountains. So you actually have less less wind in the south to worry about. Um, so in the north, you might you know you might want to have patios if they're in the you know facing east. You want to make sure that there's a, a way to maybe screen that east wind for certain months. Um, in the south, less so. But in the south, you know around I guess around Manuel Antonio, which I was looking at some rain maps recently. That's actually probably the wettest part of Costa Rica. One of it's like double the rain of San Jose. Um, so there you got you know you definitely have to have good cover. Um, you know, in both places, good covered outdoor space, but even maybe more so, more so in the south. Um, and also the humidity levels are, are higher. I mean, you do have a dry season yep. in the south, but it doesn't dry out as much because of the, because the winds aren't as, as strong. So a lot of the vegetation stays green in the south because the wind doesn't, doesn't have that effect. Um, yeah, I think those are some of the main, the main differences, uh, yeah, I think I mean, in both. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, Richard. No, I think in the, yeah, I always, I always say orientation is important. But however, in, in when you're building in Costa Rica, you're often looking at the views. Your views really dictate your orientation. So sometimes it's not exactly beneficial from a like let's say you know a west view is beautiful for a sunset view, but that's also extremely. Um, um, you were just in your Oscar speech there as well, but. I, I think to, to, to summarize, I mean, it, it's building in Costa Rica can be beautiful, but like you have to kind of, again, do it in harmony with the environment, but also is, you know, you'd have to take into consideration the climate and also wind here, as you said, because they can, they can help you as well. Because I mean, you were mentioning there just, you know, having the house face west, which is great for a sunset view, but also is that could also pretty much heat your house up. I often go to these houses that have all these blinds you know, kind of coming down because at like, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon, the sun is just right. blazing in, mm. um, you know, so, which can be great. Get, hey, if you want to use solar or, you know, solar power to heat water, um, which I have on my house would be probably good. Um, but I'm sure it would uh, wreak havoc on your air conditioning if you have big windows and the sun just blazes in there. Yeah, it does. And I think uh, not the other, thing, the other thing is there seems to be, I guess, what I would say an obsession with views that everything has to be looking at the view. But however, I don't know. I think sometimes you can have different experiences in different parts of a house. So definitely have the view in you know, major important living spaces. But not every bedroom has to face that view. You know, you can definitely have uh, an amazing enclosed tropical experience of, you know, uh, that's more, more sheltered. Um, also, you know, courtyard spaces. I think courtyards are fantastic in Costa Rica because um, you can shelter from wind, for example, you can have um, more uh, controlled like, garden experience and other things like that, you know. So there's, I think it's good to have different experiences and, and kind of use the 360, all the elevations of a, of a home to, to take advantage of all those different experiences. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's a piece of property that a client uh, that I've worked with has, and they have stunning mountains behind. So I think they're going to use that for the kitchen, you know, with the view, kind of that, that panoramic right. view at the back. And then also to the front, if they turned around, of course, they'd also have the ocean view as well. But I mean, that right. contrast between the green and blue here is, I mean, colors colors are so vibrant here, you know that. Right. So, uh, you know, yeah. So I think you, if you see it the same view all the time, it can get, you know, you start to lose its effect. But if you yep. have have a house designed in such a way that makes you move from space to space and have different experiences, then it, it has more impact, I think. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, let's just take a, I mean, where have you personally invested in Costa Rica, Rich? And, and, and where do you see yourself investing in the next kind of, I suppose, 12 to 24 months? People always like to know this stuff because, you know, right. I, mean, I suppose we're the experts uh, per se. Um, not that we like to give away sometimes our, uh, you know, the places where we go to escape, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you my, my real, like, but uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're, so, well, we started where we are right now. So we're in the, we're in the hills of, of, uh, of San Jose in, in Escazú or San Antonio Escazú up sort of in the, in the hills. So we, we, we're close enough to the city that we can get access to it, but we're far out of it, enough out of it that we get connection to the, the mountains of Pico Blanco and, uh, and which was a really, really beautiful place um, to be close to. Uh, so this is where we started and we actually renovated an existing, we call it a ruin. So we found a, a structure that existed. Um, we kept the structural elements intact and then converted it into a, a home and also our, our studio. Um, so that was where we started. And, uh, you know, I think this is an interesting area because it's got this mix of, of um, urban and rural kind of like side by side. And so you have both experiences. Recently, we've, we've got involved in a project in Playa Grande, um, uh, which is actually a very interesting area. Um, it has great access to um, international airport, you know, just over an hour drive. Um, the Playa Grande beach is, is beautiful and natural. Um, and then you have access to, you know, more um, happening town of Tamarindo, you know, less than half an hour drive away. So it has an interesting mix of, of those things. Um, it has an estuary behind a lot of, lot of natural and protected spaces. So, so that's, that's an area that we've, we've got involved in recently, which we think is, um, I think there's, there's definitely interest in Playa Grande. I know you've, you've spoken about that before. Um, yeah, so those are the, those are kind of some of the areas that we're, we've been interested in. You don't mind me asking, what are you doing in Playa Grande? Are you building homes to sell them, to rent them? I mean, what are you guys? It's a, it's a, actually it's, um, it's four homes that are um, side by side. Uh, we, we're, we're trying to make something that's a, a, a very um, a tropical, designed for a tropical environment, but also really bringing aspects of the dry forest. So they are, they're individual homes um, that at this point, it's there either will be rent, rental or for sale or for combination. We, we haven't quite figured that out yet. Yep. Um, it, you know, I think there's, there's pros and cons for both. Um, but the idea is to create homes that are very much about connecting to the exterior, outdoor living, um, using natural materials, but also durable. And as, as I said before, it has a the sustainable aspect there is, is something that's that built to last, low maintenance. Um, and a lot, about, a lot of it will be about the landscaping. And I think as architects, we think about architecture a lot, but the landscaping is such a key, key part that we always try to keep that also in our, the forefront of our mind is what is the landscape component going to be uh, for the project. Yeah. 
Well, interesting you just say Playa Grande. I just had a client who's actually just who's closing on a hotel there uh, in two weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a different hotel. It's kind of more vacation rentals with hotel amenities. So uh, I think he listened to a few of my podcasts and was like, I don't want a hotel just because it's a lot of moving parts. Um, and he's moving down here with his family. So he's starting kind of a business doing that. And then I think he's probably going to expand from there. He's a very aggressive young man, um, but loves Grande just because the vibe of it, um, you know, the surf. Yeah. Uh, the well i think i'm sure i I'm, i would uh, think that it's definitely going to be successful in that, that area yeah 100 100 where is your i mean you mentioned where you live up there in san antonio Escazul, you know by the pico blanca mountains but where do you typically go that's a little bit off the beaten track um well these mountains themselves are beautiful to explore and there's there's you know, endless trails and you just get over the ridge and suddenly you, you feel like you could be anywhere in costa rica away from you, you wouldn't believe that there's a metropolis right next door uh, you know, starry skies and, and coffee plantations. Uh, so that that's a great thing about Costa Rica. You don't have to go far to get to a place that feels like it's not near anything. Um, but you know, I think we, there's some some fun places that we've been to that are a little bit maybe off the, the beaten path. That um, one place that I often recommend people go and see is Drake Drake Bay. Yep. Um, it's just a fun experience to get there. You, you take a boat on the Sierpe River, you go into the ocean, you do a beach landing in, in, in Drake Bay. It's uh, not, not a very developed town, but some interesting small hotels. And then there's a great trail you can, you can hike from there south for you know, about 14, 15 kilometers. Actually, we did it with, with small kids. They, they survived. But endless coves and beaches and just great for exploration. And wow. you just don't see other people there. It's really, really nice. Um, if you inherited Richard five hundred thousand dollars, this is my last question for you. As I, uh, I know I'm taking up quite a bit of your time, but if you inherited five hundred thousand dollars and had to invest or in a business or real estate here in Costa Rica, what would you do with it and why? Um, I thought about that question, and actually, one thing we're actually developing a little bit of a side. Um, venture in, in, in prefabrication. So what I would probably do is uh, is create a, a small prefabrication company, actually, and get into designing and then also manufacturing um, prefabricated, um, whether it would be, uh, you know, houses or, or cabins or other, other elements, perhaps even the prefabricating, you know, the, the core of a building, let's say the living, the sort of kitchen and um, you know the mechanics of a home could be a prefabric something like along those lines that would be a that would be a fun a fun venture and we've we've already started going in that direction but i think it would be a good push to to uh you know get it going and get a factory going yeah i mean i think that there is probably going to be huge demand for more prefabricated stuff here in costa rica because you and modular modular things i mean we see it with ubali and livy here uh, you know which have huge waiting times at the moment um you know and i think there's going to be more and more demand for that um you know um, yeah. because it's it's quick as well yeah we started we started something called zompoppa.com so that's fun it's uh, just the beginning of a, an idea but we, we we would love to push that and that would be the first the first place i would invest if, it, if that windfall I, I know, happened i know what zompoppa is but maybe you can explain what zompoppa in, in english is to people zompoppa is the 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 local name for the leafcutter ant and they're just fascinating creatures where they all walk around with carrying little leaves and actually our first the first designs we had were inspired by a series of little ants carrying their leaves along a trail so that was a kind of a it helped us think about a, a roof shape for for a prefabricated module 
Awesome. There you go, zompopper.com, guys. Well, Richard, thanks again for your time. Uh, anyone that wants to contact Richard, all of his contact details will be here in the description. Um, and Richard, thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Catch you later. Great podcast there with Richard from the Inverse Project. Uh, as you can see, those guys really do focus on sustainable and alternative building methods here in Costa Rica. So I think anybody that's interested in doing any of that or just kind of, I suppose, creating a masterpiece, um, because Richard really does that. And his rates are very affordable, uh, exactly the same as all the other architects here in Costa Rica. Um, you know, so I, I would reach out. Their method of development on design is a little bit different. Uh, and I think it works for a lot of people that are looking to create something a little bit more unique. So remember, guys, if you'd like to reach out to us for any help, uh, we've been helping people find the right property for them here in Costa Rica, more of consulting. Uh, again, we're not realtors. You can do. You can email me, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, until the next podcast, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for their support. Um, and we'll see you soon. Bye.